Hupsy Pupsy, Pippity Poo, you know what it is. It's Michigan. It's Michigan State. It's the battle for Paul Bunyan. Michigan, 7-0. and They're looking to repeat as Big Ten champions. They've got their eyes perhaps prematurely set on the Buckeyes out of Columbus, Ohio. Michigan State, the season in turmoil, another big-time decommitment last night or two – or no, no, last night – um, for the green and white, they've been spinning out of control. But Tuck, it's early. He's still trying to right the ship. He's still trying to stack talent. But that is no excuse when it comes down to the Paul Bunyan Trophy. It's nighttime in Ann Arbor. It's a maze out under the lights. Sean McDonough, prime time, ABC, MSU, U of M. It's hate week, the biggest rivalry in the state of Michigan, one of the biggest nationally in the college game. I cannot wait. We have arrived. Soak it in, my friends. Soak it in. I can't wait, everybody. Hoopsie, poopsie, poopity, pee. I can't wait for the game. I don't know what that was. I can't wait for the game, though. I got to say, <clears throat> I don't know if it's because it, we had a full two weeks, right? U of M, MSU, kind of a wild setup. Both had the buys two weeks ago at the exact same time. So us fans have been sitting here, sitting on our phones, on Twitter, on Instagram, waiting for a whole entire extra week for this game to come along. An entire extra week of shit talk. An entire extra week of talking about past games. An entire extra week of dum-dums like Braylon Edwards talking about stuff he has no clue on. Another extra week, Jamon Green at U of M saying he doesn't know Kenneth Walker's name. That, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Another extra week, MSU puts the designs out. They are going to be iced out all white, the inverse of what they wore last year against Michigan. They've got the enlarged Spartan logo, just the outline in white. I'm very excited to see what those look like on the field because they look fucking sick in the promo. Michigan rocking, a, not a maze out. Is that what I said in the open? A Navy out, I think, right? I'm pretty sure Michigan's going with the Navy out, which I don't know if they've ever done it before. I know they've worn those all Navy jerseys, which are also icy. I hope they wear those. Can you imagine Michigan rocking all blue, MSU in all white? <laughs> that would be the sickest uniform matchup of all time. Those Michigan, when they go the all whites, I think they wore them against Georgia in the playoff last year when Michigan rocks those all blues. Those things go crazy, man. They go crazy. I think they're different too um, than the ones, I don't know if it was Notre Dame, but the ones where Norfleet is doing that dance and then when he's waiting for the punt and he's doing the dance, you know what I'm talking about? I think Michigan fans, you'll know. Also, that was a night game. I think it was Notre Dame. I, am I wrong about that? But he's wearing the blue top, blue pants, and then the traditional Michigan helmet. I don't know if it's the same exact jerseys when Michigan goes all blue now, but, dude, I'll give it to you. I'm not huge on Michigan's jerseys overall. I mean, they're they're sweet. They're classics, right? They have the blue top, the yellow pants, the Michigan helmet. Like, you know exactly who the fuck they are. There is no mistaking them. They're iconic. They've been wearing the same shit for God knows how long. And then on the road, they go the whites, yellow pants, et cetera. And now they started to switch it up more. Like they'll go whites with the blue pants, which I actually don't mind. I kind of like that look. Um, they'll do the the blues with the blue pants, like we mentioned. I think they'll even go white with white pants, the all whites here and there, which looks cool for anybody. It doesn't matter what your primaries are. doesn't matter which school you are. All white jerseys always fucking play. The Lions rock all whites. 
and they always look crispy. But I will say I hope they rock the all blues. I don't know if Michigan does a uniform reveal before their games. I don't know if they – I don't follow their social stuff, so I don't know if they do that. But if I have missed it and this is all just nonsense, hopefully I'm right. Hopefully the fashion director at the University of Michigan's football program and I share a like mind. And hopefully they do go the All-Navies because if they're doing a Navy out in the stadium, Michigan State's rocking the All-Whites. And you can do whatever. Anything with color is on the table for U of M. The Navy out, you rock the All-Navies. It only makes sense that that's what Michigan comes out with. So I hope they do. Um, I'm very excited, though. I'm very excited. I mean, you know the atmosphere is going to be electric. You know the big house is going to be fucking mayhem. Ann Arbor is going to be mayhem, dude. A night game on a Saturday, the weekend of Halloween? Are you fucking kidding me? Every single kid, every single college student in the state of Michigan is going to be in Ann Arbor. Obviously, Michigan's kids. I would guess 90% of the Michigan State student body will be in Ann Arbor. Central Michigan, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan. I would guess half of all of those student bodies will be in Ann Arbor, if not more. Oakland University, Wayne State University, Grand Valley State University, anything in between university, I guess also half of those populations will be at the University of Michigan. People from Chicago are going to make the trip. All kinds of alumni, all kinds of people all throughout Michigan. People from Ohio, people from Indiana, people. There are going to be so many goddamn people in Ann Arbor, they might overrun the power grid. Like they might not be able to play the night game because they can't power the lights at the stadium because there's too many goddamn people walking around. It's going to be that chaotic. Like my favorite part about being a student at MSU and whenever the game was in East Lansing or it was Ann Arbor, regardless, that like sensation of being around that many people is, I've, I've never experienced anything like it anywhere else. I've never been to New York City. So that might, that, that might be take, me, take me out of the running. But I've never experienced anything like that anywhere else where it's you are walking down the street and you're like, oh, my God. This, this is the most people I've seen in one place in my entire life. Anywhere you go, you go to get a sandwich, you see thousands of people. Early on in the day, late at night, middle of the day, any fucking place on campus, whether it's Ann Arbor or East Lansing, the most people you've ever seen. That's some of my favorite stuff about this game is it genuinely feels like the entire state of Michigan goes, we're all right, guys, for the one out of 365 this year. Listen, everybody, we're going to Ann Arbor. Everybody, we're going to Ann Arbor. And the fact that it's a night game only means more students. The fact that it's Halloween only means more students, more alumni. Maybe the alumni, you know, you head you head home after the game ends. But I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like whichever team wins, Michigan or Michigan State, you're you could be 50 years old. You're at that football game. Your team wins. It's 10:30. It's Saturday night. It's Halloween. Fuck it. We're drinking, baby. Let's go to the garage bar. Let's go to Brown Jug. Let's go to Blue Leopard. I don't give a fuck. Scorekeepers, you won't be able to get in unless you're in line before the game kicks off. That's a promise. It doesn't matter. You think someone, either side's team wins. You think people are going, you know what the best way to celebrate this would be? Let's get in the car and drive an hour home. No shot. No shot. 
It's going to be absolute fucking madness. And I cannot wait as a guy who now I live in California. I can't go to the game. I can't be in Ann Arbor as God damn it as badly as I wish I could be. I want to watch TV Saturday. I want to sit in a chair. I don't even fucking care. If I'm with my friends or I'm not, I really don't give a fuck. I'd like to be, but I don't really fucking care. I want to sit in a chair, dude. I want to have the volume of the game. Sean McDonough's voice blasting through my eardrum so heavily. I'm going to need a doctor's appointment next week. And I want to sit there about, I don't know, six inches from a television and just feel like I'm sitting at the big house. I want to feel like one of my buddies has family tickets because God knows I'm not paying however many hundreds of dollars for these tickets. My buddy at the big house, his family, they're not going, they're on vacation in Hawaii. He goes, you want the family tickets this weekend? I want to feel like I got the family tickets. That's what I want. And I I'm juiced. I think it will come through. I know the big house gets ripped on. State fans rip on it a lot for the non-hostile. I Maybe that's, I don't know. Is that the best way to put it? That'll probably cause some offense, but I don't mean it as offensive. I think it's, you know, the big house, the big house is a spectacle. Being in that place, and I, yeah, similar to what I just described about being in these college towns, being in the big house, you look around and you're like, wait, what? How many people are here? what like you you can go your head can go from left to right and you see over 100,000 people excuse me you see over 100,000 people excuse me that is obscene to think about i know it's going to be jammed um but i do think it'll be lively i mean a night game Halloween, Michigan, Michigan State. Like, dude, kids are going to wake up at like 8 a.m. for no fucking reason and start boozing. Do you understand that? They're going to be wasted walking into that place. Forget the kids. People are going to be tailgating at the golf course. Pioneer is going to have a crowd from 8 a.m. The frats, the house parties, everything is going to be banging. The sun's going to come up and music, Roses by the Chainsmokers, is going to start fucking pumping Beers are going to be flowing by the time the stadium fills up. By the time the stadium fills up, you're going to give all these people like 10 hours to put down as much booze as possible before one of the most heated rivalries in college football. The place is going to be palpable. It's going to be so loud. I'm going to feel like I could reach through the television screen and fucking grab it. You understand? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I just love a big game. I said it at the beginning of the year. And obviously, Michigan, Michigan State, it's the biggest of the games, right? Or one of the biggest of the game. I don't want to do the whole fucking Ohio State. I don't. I'm done with the. It's Friday. You're listening to this. It's Friday. The game's in 24 hours, maybe 36, depending on the time of day you're listening to this at. I don't want. I'm done. I've had the rivalry talk. We had the two weeks. I'm good with the rivalry talk. I just want to talk about the game. I just want to be happy that this game's about to happen, dude. It's fucking wild. I don't know if this is my age, my wisdom growing up, but like this happens once a year. Isn't that nuts? It fe- I don't know. It feels like so ingrained in my life. And maybe it's because the MSU U of M chatter for what is so year round. I don't I like after hate week, after this game's over, if we win, I'm going to talk some shit. If we lose, I'll put something out there. Give it to me. I don't care. Michigan kicked our ass, whatever the case is. 
But after that, like by Tuesday, by Wednesday of next week, I'm probably good on talking about Michigan until like basketball season starts. I I, I don't know. The rivalry talk, it's fun for a little bit and it's fun with your friends. Like this is kind of what I've learned too. Like I said, being out West now, I don't know so many Michigan grads out here. I don't hang out with a ton of U of M people. All of my friends from home who went to U of M were all spread out across the country. And yes, some text messages will be exchanged. No matter who wins, there will be some shit talked, but it's different. Like it's fun when I'm going like last Saturday, for instance, we go to my buddy's house and I'm sitting on the couch watching football with my buddy who went to Michigan and we're hanging out, shooting the shit together. That's fun. Like, let's do the rivalry talk. Let's talk. Let's talk some shit. Let me pull up trouble with the snap for my buddy to hear. It's different when it's two weeks and it's shit on Twitter with strangers who are either like 14 years old or like 45 years old. It never really feels like it's a normal person on the other end, either a child or an adult who's just weird for saying the shit that they do on the internet. I don't know. Twitter's just, it's not, it's not as fun. It's like you try to do the, the shit talk and it's, you know, here and there, but then I'm like, eh, eh. it kind of loses its vim and its venom a little bit. Right. I think, I don't know. We'll see how moving forward. I don't want to say anything definitively, but I might have graduated from the pregame shit talk after this year, just because again, let's kick Michigan's ass. Fuck Michigan. I hope we beat him by a million, but, and then I'm good. And then I'm good right there. You know what I like? Then, then I'm good. I don't have anything else to say, really. Ah, it's the same shit. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at with the rivalry talk. It's the same shit. And I want it to be playful. Like when I'm talking shit, I'm just I'm busting balls. I want to miss you. Hey, man, you thought you guys are sweet. Remember when you thought you were sweet last year? Remember the COVID year, 24 point dogs, Rocky Lombard? Like it's busting balls. It's this, it's that. But. If the person on the other end isn't busting balls, if they're not being funny about it, it they people take it so fucking seriously where it's like, dude, it's not that serious. Like that clip of Jamon Green today or whatever, Wednesday or Thursday in a press conference, he's like number nine at Michigan State. Uh, what's his, number nine? What's his name? What's his name? Where he's like doing the whole, I don't know who Kenneth Walker is. Okay, dude. Uh, right. Okay. Right. 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 You don't know. Right, 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 right. Patrick Peterson, who went to LSU and has been out of college for 15 years, probably knows who Kenneth Walker is, but you don't know. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I tweet him like this fucking absurd corny. Absurd corny. It's okay, dude. Oh, Kenneth you know, Walker tore us up last year. Number nine for what's his – and then he goes back, what's number? What's his name? Uh, number nine? What? Uh, it's like, dude, it's okay. Kenneth Walker, like everybody on earth who knows about football, who watches college football, knows who Kenneth Walker is. You could go ask a Louisiana Lafayette fan, you know who Kenneth Walker is? And they'd probably go, yeah, he went to MSU last year, playing with the Seahawks right now. He's killing it too, by the way. But the guy who plays defense for Michigan doesn't know. Okay, fair enough. So I tweet, oh, it's so corny. And I get this guy who responds. And he responds with like a paragraph. Just using all – it's like he wrote his his – response picking words out of a thesaurus and the criteria was they had to be over eight characters long like oh that seems smart we'll use that one oh wow equanimously that seems okay we'll throw that one in there and it's not because he watched the Chappelle special either and i'm sitting there going dude 
I don't know if you're trying to win a Pulitzer, Pulitzer, I don't know. Is it Pulitzer? It just sounds funny. I don't know if you're trying to win a Pulitzer or like you're waiting on somebody to give you a pat on the back for using the crazy words. But dude, you're trying too hard. You're trying way too hard. Like it's meant to be like, oh, fuck you, man. What happened? Like, give me the Wake Forest. You'd be like, oh, he went to Wake Forest. Or, you're trying too hard. He's trying to like use an English language lesson on me to try and chirp me. And I'm like, bro, I don't even know what, I don't know what you're saying. Just so much of the chirping now. It's not as fun on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, I did it last week or I did it this week. I've done it the past two and it started off being fun. Like I made that video where I'm like, there's no chance a lesser Michigan state team could win this game. Right? Like no way one player could take it over. Right. There's no way at the end of the game, something crazy could happen. And I'm re going through all the memories, trouble with the snap, Kenneth Walker, et cetera. And it was fun. Like that was a fun video to make. I thought it was clever. Just poking, poking fun at U of M and all that good stuff. But as the week wore on and it's like, I, you know, I'm, if you guys know me, I'm in a spot where I work a nine to five. It's whatever. I don't love it. I don't hate it, but I prefer to do something else for the next 40 years of my life so I can eat food and pay rent. Ideally, I'd like to talk about sports. I'd like to make jokes. I'd like to do more fun things, more creative things, things where I'm at like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. I'm like, uh huh, that'd be kind of funny. Or like, that sounds fun. That sounds like a good time. Not like, oh, I, was assigned this task that I don't give a fuck about, but I have to do it so I can sleep in my bed and under a roof this week. Um, and that requires me making content. So hate week, U of M, MSU, everyone's buzzing about it. I got to make videos. I just, it's part of the gig. I have to, but it does like by the end of this week, like even Monday or Tuesday of this week, I'm putting out videos and I'm trying to stir the pot. I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to add some followers. We're trying to build the brand, grow the community. And I'm sitting there like, I don't even want to, I don't know. It's like, I see, you know, we made, I've made fun of them. Like, we'll see, let's play the fucking game. You know, like, let's just play the game. That's why I'm fired up today. That's why I'm in a good mood. Like, let's just, I'm ready to fucking watch the game. I'm ready to see what happens. Michigan's got a great team. They know they have a great team, both the fans and the players. They think they're going to fucking steamroll us. Michigan State on the flip side. Doesn't have the best team. Certainly not ever in this rivalry and definitely not under Mel Tucker. Not the best team. Record's not great. They're projected to lose. They're outmatched at probably every single position group on the field other than maybe wide receiver. Maybe. That'd be the only one where I'd be like, I don't know, MSU's got some fucking dogs. But that said... I know, sure as fuck, they're not in the locker room going, well, let's show up, let's roll the helmets out there and get this thing over with. I don't give a fuck, and they don't give a fuck what the record is. They don't care what the spread is. They don't care who's supposed to win, who's got the better position groups. Michigan State is waking up Saturday morning going, let's beat the fuck out of these guys. Let's watch the game. That's what I want. I want to watch the players do the talking. I want to see dudes light each other the fuck up, man. I want to see them do the pregame stretches. I want to see a little scuffle at the 50-yard line. I want to see the first touchdown be scored and have someone hit the Paul Bunyan. I want to see fans fucking cheering. I want to see the game get played. The talking, you know, it is what it is. It comes with the territory, and people are always going to do it, but it gets old to an extent. And I think the last thing 
the last thing I want to say about the shit talking and the and the rivalry, and then we'll talk about the game. I think what's kind of taking the sting out for me now, when it comes to this rivalry, no matter who wins, no matter who's good or who's bad or who's supposed to win that year or who's gunning for the Big Ten and the other's trying to just make a bowl, no matter which shoe the foot is on, it's the same thing every year. Michigan fans do the whole, oh, little brother, overall series. We're going for the Big Ten. Last year was a fluke. Okay. And then Michigan State fans, we do the, we dominated you outside of the leather helmet era, right? In my lifetime, like we own you. Mark D'Antonio owned you. Kenneth Walker, you make the excuses. We never have a chance and we win the games. It's always the same. It's always the same. And it kind of dawned on me with Braylon Edwards the other day where he goes, Michigan State won two years ago. Michigan State won last year. Michigan State can win this year. And they'll always be little brother. And I kind of realized, well, that doesn't make any sense, Braylon, you fucking nimrod. Well, I realized, yeah. Like, what is, yeah. Michigan State could win 100 of these games in a row. And on the game 101, the week leading up to it, Michigan fans would be going, little brother, you don't stand a chance. The weather's been bad for the last hundred years, you fucking idiot. And Michigan could win the next 100. And we'd be going, you guys always count us out. It'd be a tough look. I will say that if Michigan won the next 100. State fans, we'd have a tough time chirping. We'd have a tough time chirping. Because our whole thing now is we kick your ass a lot and you still don't respect us. That's our whole thing. If they kick our ass a lot and they don't respect us, we're fucking, our goose is cooked. We got nothing left. But I think that's kind of taking this thing out of it is like, dude, State State could win the game Saturday 42 to 3. And I'll log on and people will go, enjoy your failed season. We're still going to the Big Ten Championship. Another win against Michigan, that means nothing. You're still little brother. That's exactly what would happen. And while I know that they go to bed miserable every night because they lost that game, much like the 2021 game, as much as Michigan fans say, it doesn't matter. We still won the Big Ten. A lot of those people are going to bed fucking in tears that Kenneth Walker did that to them, whether they'll admit it or not. I've kind of realized like what the the shit talking kind of loses its merit when it's, all right, you lost again, but you just say the same thing, little brother. The next year will come around and you'll do the little brother. We have the better team. State doesn't have a chance. Like, okay. I like, I don't know. I'm 25 now. I've done it a lot. Did it a lot in high school. Certainly did a lot of it in college. Done a lot of it the last few years since I graduated. All right. You know, we did it. It was fun. It's cool. The the shit talking school after the game, maybe after the game, if state wins, I'll fucking cream Michigan fans, Michigan wins. Give it to me. I don't care. But I think, as far as the pregame week-long buildup to the Paul Bennion, I might be out on the shit talk just because, like, I don't know. It's fun for a little bit, and then it becomes old. It becomes so serious. People are so not funny. Um, the chirps, the shit talk will never change. Like, Michigan's always going to say what they say. We're always going to say what we say. Nothing will ever change it, ever in a million fucking years. Like it just is what it is. MSU can lose Saturday and we'll do the, we're two, Tuck's two and one. He still owns Harbaugh. Michigan State can win Saturday. He's three and oh, Tuck owns Harbaugh. He doesn't own a big 10 title. Like, all right. <laughs> okay. I don't fucking care. Like, I know it drives you crazy. If we lose, I'm going to be pissed. 
You know that, but okay, the chirps just will be the same, even though things have changed again. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a sign of maturity. Maybe I'm growing up, growing more wise, bringing more harmony and peace to the world. I don't know. I'd like to think so. That'd be kind of noble of me. <laughs> this fucking clown who talks about sports into a microphone a couple times a week. That'd be a noble legacy to leave behind. He's the man who, who mended the rift between Michigan and Michigan State fans. I might actually go down as Satan, though, if I did that. I might be put to the stake for mending the MSU-Michigan rivalry before celebrated. So let's just play the game. I'm excited for Saturday. Take a quick break, um, and then we'll talk about the game itself. We'll talk about football. We'll talk about literally what is going to happen on AstroTurf at the big house for two and a half to three hours Saturday night between college football teams. No Red Wings, no Pistons, no Lions today. Who gives it? Lions? Who gives a fuck? Pistons are bad. Red Wings got embarrassed in Boston. Another one after getting embarrassed to the Devils. Kind of not ideal for the Red Wings. Like, what the fuck, guys? I know Boston's great. Be fucking competitive. I, I'm losing steam. I'm losing steam. Quick break. Why is his name Paul Bunyan? You have gross-looking feet or what? Those boots? i never been a lumberjack a day in my life. You couldn't fucking pay me to. Maybe you could, but it'd have to be a lot. i never worn lumberjack boots and cut down trees in northern Michigan for hours on end, day after day. But Jesus Christ, dude, can we get Paul a pair of Timberlands? I His feet, your feet got to look like a fucking alien's growing in the side of them. If they name your ass Paul Bunyan, dude, did he have a second twin growing in the sides of his feet? I mean, what was he wearing for shoes? Sandpaper? Bricks? Oh, Paul. They couldn't have called them Paul Tree Chopper. They couldn't have called them Paul Axeworthy. Paul Bearded Man. Paul Muscle Flapjack. Like, there's some names out there. Paul Bunyan? Ooh, bad time. Whenever Paul Bunyan was subject or supposed to be around, I know he's an urban legend. I know. Can we let me pump the brakes? <laughs> I know he's not real. I know he's an urban legend. But whatever time frame, you know, the back in the day when lumberjacks were a thing, 1800s, Civil War time, is that accurate? Not a historian. Back in those times, imagine being someone with a foot fetish and you run into Paul Bunyan. And you, this big, burly guy, I mean, he's fucking built. He wears dope-ass flannels, dude. He could take down a fucking birch tree with one swing, and he's got a blue ox instead of a dog, dude? I'm at, you go to the local lumberjack bar, and every Joe Schmo in there, hey, I'm Dave Bunnies, and I here's my dog. Everybody's got a German Shepherd. And you meet this fella, Paul Bunyan, and he's got a fucking ox sitting at the bar stool next to him. Of course, you're going to take him back to the cabin, light a candle, put on some grits. Uh, I don't know. The, no movies, no television, no music, I don't think. And you start to get down to the funky business. And you've got that foot fetish. It's barking at you. And you can't wait to get this bulky guy's boots off. And you find out why they named him Paul Bunyan. Whew. Whew. Tough night 
to be someone with a foot fetish in Northern Michigan. Paul Bunyan. Oh my God. I have some respect for the guy. I mean, what would he think if Paul Bunyan came back today, set the world record, most trees chopped down in Michigan again, has a fucking ox as a henchman is an urban legend. Stories are told about him. He's not even real. Get that. Get This is how sick Paul Bunyan is. The guy's not even real. And we're playing for trophies with him. There's a, is it Wisconsin, Minnesota? They play for the guy's axe. There's an urban legend. There are stories told about him. You drive in Northern Michigan, M23 outside of Oscoda. There's just a statue of the guy. He's not even real. And this dude lives in Michigan culture. Are you fucking joking? He set the world record for most trees chopped down in a lifetime in Northern Michigan. And they're going to name them after a disgusting foot deformation. Yikes. Yikes, Paul. Hey, Paul. That's not cool, man. That is not cool. I got your back, brother. Let's talk about some football, though. Let's talk some football. My fucking hair. You see this thing, dude? Every t- I put it back. Just right back in my dude. I don't. I, I, my mom was telling me the other day, I'm like, I wear hats. She's like, You go get a haircut. I, I like how hats look more when I have it long hair because then it kind of comes out the sides, it comes out the back. You get the, you get the flow. Can it, how's the flow look? The flow kind of comes out, right? We're still working on an awkward stage. You guys know how that goes. Hockey players, <laughs> right? Sauce me uh, some credit there. <laughs> this thing though. Like, I don't want to wear hats always. I was telling my mom that she's like, you shouldn't wear hats all the time. I'm pretty sure it fucks up your hairline. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, every golfer on earth has shit hair. Like all of them have terrible hairlines. Those dudes sleep in hats. So now I'm like, all right, no, you know, I like having hair. It's not always long. All right. We'll, we'll take it a little easier on the hats and then boom, let's all right. Hairs in my face. Let's push it back. The left side, the left side does pretty well. And then over here, it just fucking bang, bang, like a wrecking ball just blasts my temple. I can't focus. Michigan's obviously the favorite. They've got an insane run game. They've got probably one of the best offensive lines in college football. I'm on the record stating how sick Blake Corum is. Um, Donovan Edwards, pretty good football player. Better anti-Semite. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I'm sure he, you know, he said he's sorry. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I had to. You're retweeting Kanye West talking about how Jewish people are this, that, and the other thing, Donovan Edwards, during Michigan, Michigan State Week. At least save that shit for when you guys play Maryland and not everyone's watching, bro. Are you that fucking stupid? And then he comes out and says it's a glitch. And then a Michigan spokesperson is like, oh, he made an accident. So it was a glitch, but it was an accident. Fucking, are you an idiot, Donovan Edwards? Are you an idiot? I'm not, don't do the cancel thing, but are you an idiot? I had to chirp him. I had to. It was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. The Michigan offensive line's not nasty. Corman Edwards can play. The wide receivers are good. I mean, obvious. Like, everybody at Michigan's good. Everyone at Michigan's good. They recruit well. They've recruited well since before Harbaugh. Brady Hoke, as much as Michigan fans love the cast them aside and go, well, this is what Hoke did. The thing about Brady Hoke is he was doing the Jimbo Fisher routine. Brady Hoke had a team that was made of top 10 football recruiting classes and still lost all the time. He was doing what Jimbo does at A&M. 
Jim Harbaugh is recruited well. All the players at Michigan are good. The wideouts are good, of course. And JJ's, a, a, you know, he's got the upside of anybody in the country. He's got a big arm. He's fucking athletic. He's big. He's not afraid to make shit happen, which I love about him. I said that. I think it was when Michigan played Maryland. I love that about Talia Tagovailoa, just quarterbacks that don't give a fuck. Quarterbacks that know they're good and are willing to go put their ass on the line to try and win a game. J.J. McCarthy's that guy. And, yes, it can cost those guys. Talia, it's cost him games before. J.J. last year against MSU, a couple massive fucking errors. Hopefully he's got a few more of those in store for us this year. But he's talented nonetheless. And then you go to the defensive side. Michigan's defensive line, I've said this, despite losing Hutch and Ojabo, maybe got better, which is fucking crazy. Um, their linebackers are the weak point of the team. But, again, Still four-star guys. Junior Colson is still an absolute freak of nature. And then on the back end, they're pretty good. DJ Turner, that fucking clown Jamon Green. Will Johnson, five-star. I think he was a top-ten guy coming out in the country last year. So they've got talent at every level. They've got guys that can play at every level. They're well-coached at every level. They do their jobs. There's a reason that they're 7-0. and I don't, you know, they play the fucking cupcake of all cupcakes for a schedule. But... It's tough to go 7-0 and no matter who you play. We've seen every team almost falter. Bama lost at Tennessee, damn good Tennessee team. But they had almost lost to Texas before that. Uh, Georgia at Mizzou, who fucking Mizzou, almost lost that game. Like, we've seen some close calls. In Michigan, it was a little hairy there with Maryland. But outside of that game, they haven't really been in one all the way down to the wire. It's tough to do that no matter who the opponent is. So that alone speaks to how good this Michigan team is, how good the roster is. And it seems like Jim Harbaugh and the staff, both offensively and defensively, are hitting their stride, right? They kind of got over the hill last year. They got rid of Don Brown, and things worked. They beat Ohio State. They figured out a way to stop them. We'll see if they can repeat that this year. And then offensively, they got rid of Gaddis. Now they're, you know, they do what Jim Harbaugh loves to do, which is run it down your fucking face. They've got one of the best offensive lines in football, which makes it a lot easier. It doesn't, you don't need a, a brainiac at offensive coordinator. When you can say, hey, run it to the left, and you get five yards every time. Blake Corum is a playmaker. You can throw it to him. You can hand it to him. You can toss it to him. If he gets open field, if he finds daylight, he's through it, and he's gone before you even know what happened. They got a good fucking team. Michigan State on the other side. Our offensive line may be the weakest position group on the team. Our run game after the first two has been nowhere to be seen. We struggle mightily picking up four fucking yards. Like it is a tall task to go, Hey, let's hand it off off tackle. Right. And let's see if we can't push these guys for three. Puh. Good luck. The state offensive line is not good. Peyton Thorne has been much worse this year than he was last year. Do I think he's bad? No. Do I think he's good? No. Do I think he's about average? Okay. I guess, maybe, maybe even a little worse. Like, I don't think he's not the worst quarterback Michigan will play. They fucking, they played Iowa. He's not the worst quarterback Michigan's seen, but he's definitely not the best. He's definitely not the best. And we've kind of been waiting for him to turn it on all year. I, for one, have given up hope. I didn't want him to play. I believe after the Maryland game, I was pretty, I was pretty set on, on the Peyton Thorne experience. I was ready to see some new blood in there. But here we are. He's going to play against Michigan. He's going to play the entire game. Let's see if he plays the best game of his 2022 campaign. And the great thing is 
he hasn't even come close to doing what he's capable of. He hasn't even come close. What was his best game last year, 2021? What would, Maybe the Michigan game? He was lights out in the Michigan game last year. He hasn't even come close to replicating that performance this season. So if he strikes gold and he kind of finds it in the biggest moment of the year, we could be in for a little bit of a treat because it is in there. The potential is in there. You saw what he did. I know we had K-9, but you saw what he was capable of last year. Do I expect it to come out? No. How could you? But it is in there. You never know. Our backfield, I do like our running backs, Berger and Bruce Hard and Eli Collins, but they're not Kenneth Walker. And at some level, they're a product of what their offensive line allows them to be, which has not been very good for most of the year. And our wideouts are nasty. Our wide receivers are sick. Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman, outside of outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, I'll take them. I'll take them over almost anyone. Honestly, I think they're that fucking good. I think Jaden Keon Coleman. How many times have we seen this year? Just throw the fucking thing up. Just throw it by him. He doesn't need to run a route. You don't need to read the fucking defense, dude. He's gonna go straight. And once he hits like 15 yards, just throw it up. Throw it anywhere near him. Anywhere. Up in the air, elevated. And he's going to be taller than everybody else. He's going to be stronger than everybody else. He's going to be more athletic than everyone else. And he's going to simply jump and grab it. We saw what happened against Wisconsin, both with Jaden Reed. And we've known Jaden Reed's like that. And he's more of a technician. He can leave your jockstrap behind you. He'll kill you with a route. And he's not the biggest guy in the world, but those 50-50 balls, he has a way of coming down with them. Our wide receiving group, Trey Mosley, no slouch either. Our wide receiving group, Jeremy Bernard, is the strength of this team. Definitely the strength of the offense. You need to utilize them as such if you're Jay Johnson and Mel Tucker on Saturday. You absolutely have to. Like, this isn't going to be the game we played last year where let's just give it Kenneth, 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 fade. Kenneth, 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 play action. Kenneth, Kenneth, play action. Kenneth, no, that is not going to work. I will be damned. I hope, you know, I hope we run the ball for 700 yards. We're not even going to run it for 100, most likely. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We couldn't run the ball on the last four opponents we've played. Wisconsin, nope. Maryland, nope. Washington, nope. But why would we be able to run it on Michigan? I have a hard time seeing as to why that would be the case. Throw the fucking ball up. Throw it up, dude. When in doubt, 50-50 ball. When in doubt, smash fade. It came through time and time and time again for us last year when we had that guy, Kenneth Walker, in the backfield. It came through in this exact fucking game in which Kenneth Walker was the most unstoppable person to ever walk. That Jaden Reed play, Peyton to Jaden on the fourth down, that may have been the play of the game that nobody talks about. Moss status. And we finally got back to it against Wisconsin last weekend. I think, or two weekends ago. I think Keon had two, two or three jump balls, and Jaden Reed had one or two, where it's just man coverage. That's a mistake. That's something you shouldn't have done. Set hit, throw it, catch. They're better than the corner, catch. Or Pass interference. Two out of the three of each outcome. It's either a catch, PI, or potentially incompletion or pick. If it's man coverage and the defensive back's back is to the quarterback, tough to intercept those. So probably just going to hit the ground. Two out of the three of those outcomes, I fucking love. 
And oh, by the way, if there's no PI, give me Jaden Reed or Keon Coleman making that play over the defensive back making that that play all day. And I know Michigan secondary, it's probably the most talented we've faced, right? That's what everyone's saying. We're not Wisconsin. Michigan secondary isn't Wisconsin's. All right, fair enough. I still think that's the hardest play to stop in football. If you're a cornerback and you're covering a dude like Jaden Reed or Keon where they you have to respect them and you play them man like that, that's the hardest play in football is to just stare at the receiver and then when the ball comes, knock it. Like, dude, you're fucked. If that ball's elevated, Jaden Reed's going over you. If the ball's underthrown, it's a P.I. If the ball's a back shoulder, you don't have a chance. If the ball's deep, he's probably accelerating past you. Like, there's so many ways that that play works for the offense and for it to work for the defense and for you to break it up, you have to be absolutely perfect. And the best part is about that. I said this. I said this. If you're Michigan State, our game plan, yes, you're going to have to run the ball a couple times. Yes, you're going to have to mix it up, some short passes. Yes, you're going to have a couple screens. You're going to have to do some shit to keep Michigan on their toes. Yes, you can't actually just run fades every single play. But if I'm Michigan State, I'm running – like, you better throw a 50-50 ball up every single possession, at least one, whether it's Jaden Reed or Keon Coleman. Every time you get the football, unless we're backed up to, like, our own two-yard line, every time we get the ball – there should be one play in that possession that's just go, boom, and see. Minimum one. Every single possession. They can know what's coming. I don't fucking care. If they're going to play you, man. Now, if they start doubling Jaden Reed and they start doubling Keon Coleman and now you got four guys committed to two wide receivers, all right, we got to figure something else out. No more. We can't be throwing fades with that. That's when it's like, I don't give a fuck how bad the offensive line is. You need to run the ball on these guys. You need to find a fucking way to pick up yards on the ground and force them to stop doubling. You have to. If they can double those guys all day and we still can't run the ball, we still can't complete other passes, well, then we're fucked. We're not going to score any points. But I don't see that being the case. I'd be surprised at least early on the first half, I'd be very surprised if Michigan's doubling those guys. I'd be very surprised. So you need to abuse the fade because guess what? Running elaborate plays where Peyton Thorne's going first read to second read to third read hasn't worked for shit. Hasn't worked for shit. So don't count on that to work. I'll tell you this. Turning around and giving the ball to a running back and expecting four or five yards of pop hasn't worked for shit unless we're playing Akron. So don't expect it to. You know what has worked this year, last year, pretty consistently throughout Michigan State football, modern Michigan State football, I should say, D'Antonio, Mel Tucker is, we have a nasty wide receiver. He's in man coverage, fade, throw it up, let him make a play. That has worked a lot. And when it doesn't work, a lot of the times there's a little laundry on the field and we're picking up 15 anyway. That's all I'm saying. Obviously, easier said than done. Someone, you know, they made the point. If you could do that all the time, why aren't they, why are they three and four? Yeah, I don't, that's a good question, dude. I don't fucking know. I don't know what Minnesota. I don't know why we didn't just do that all the time. You can't run the ball. Instead of turning around and handing it for zero yards, let's at least throw it up to one of our best players and get zero yards that way. I don't, that's just me. I don't know. I it, I agree. I see what you're saying where it's like that easier said than done. Like if it was that easy, they would do it. All right. I got gotcha. you. But like it fucking makes way too much sense to not do it. That makes so much fucking sense. It's disgusting to think that they don't do that, right? Right? 
I feel like that's pretty fair to say. And defensively for MSU, listen, this is where the game's going to be won and lost. I do think our offense is capable of scoring on them. I don't think it, I don't think a Michigan fan, if they're being honest, I don't think this defense is extremely lights out. I think they can be scored on. I think the ball can be moved on them. Will it be easy? No. Right. We played worse defenses. Absolutely. Most teams we've played have worse defenses than these guys, but I don't think it's like the best Michigan defense they've ever had by any means. The our defense versus their offense is where we're going to see because they're fucking good at running the ball. They are fucking good at it and they love to do it. Everybody loves to do it. Most people just aren't great at it. They know that they're going to run the ball. We know they're going to run the ball. And a lot of the time, Michigan fucking does it anyway. And there's nothing the other team can do to stop them. We can't have that happen. It may end up being you got to put seven guys in the box every play. And this secondary that's already been through the ringer as it is, you figure it out. Four guys fucking some make plays. Be ballers. I don't know what to tell you. Xavier Henderson, leave a mark. I don't know. That might be what it comes down to. And if it is, and JJ torches us, and those four guys can't get it done because usually they can't get it done when there's seven of them back there, so be it. Way she goes. The way you can't lose this game, Scotty Hazleton, Mel Tucker, you cannot lose this game Saturday by letting Blake Corum go for like 230 yards and three touchdowns. You cannot lose the game that way. You can lose it. If J.J. McCarthy has a fucking field day and throws for 400 and four tutties, you can lose it that way. I don't want to lose. I'm never going to be happy if MSU loses this game. But I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll be able to live if I go back and go, well, J.J. torched us. We didn't let him run the ball. We stacked the box. They couldn't run the ball. They had to throw it, and they did, and it worked. J.J. McCarthy did what they all need J.J. McCarthy to do. They He did what they've expected him to do since the day he announced his commitment. Our secondary, which we know has been shoddy, they've struggled against fucking no-name quarterbacks. They got ripped up by J.J. McCarthy. All right, fair enough. I'd rather go down like that than Blake Corum plug in for four, five, six yards every time he touches the ball when 115,000 people in the stadium know he's getting the ball 30 times. I'd much rather lose with J.J. McCarthy doing it than Blake Corum. Because here's the thing. J.J. McCarthy, when you throw the ball, there are a hell of a lot more variables than when you pass it or when you run it. When you throw the ball, J.J. McCarthy's got to drop back. We got guys, Jacoby Winman. Hopefully Jeff Petrowski's back. I don't know if he's supposed to be or not. Jacob Slade is going to be back in the lineup, which is massive. Simeon Barrow's back. We've got a couple guys on the defensive line. Michigan's defensive line's better, but State's defensive line, they've got a few guys. They've been fucked by injury. Chris Bogle had a very strong start. I don't think he's played for since week one. He's done front of the year. He was a guy that you could line up across from Winman and let him be a pure pass rusher. He was a guy that elevated our defense. And that defensive line elevates the secondary. Jacob Slade, the guy who calls everything, makes all the adjustments for the defensive line. He played, I think, one game, maybe two. And he's been out up until Wisconsin last week. He's another guy. He can stuff the run. He can get a pass rush in. He, again, on top of all that, obviously calls the plays. It's more depth. 
So now the next guy, when the backup, the two comes in, he's fucking fresh. And that guy, that two, he's been our starter the last four weeks. You know what I mean? Like now we have an elevated level of talent coming in. It's not our three that's spelling the guy. It's our true two coming in on fresh legs to spell Jacob Slay. It's just more consistent pressure on their offensive line. And we know what Jacoby Whitman can do. He's been great. He kind of got – first two games he was lights out. Then he kind of got stifled. And Mel and Scotty, I think they did a great job. Credit where it's due. Moved them back to linebacker. And then on rush – on passing downs, they'll throw him back at end. They've used them a lot better. I think he is better in that role. Playing linebacker on first and second. And then playing defensive end on third down. He's just too athletic. He's too smart. He's too much of a playmaker to, to put him on the defensive line. And have to – you know, if they run to the left – Jacoby Winman's out of the play. They throw it to the left. Jacoby Winman, he's he's too valuable. You need him involved in every single play. And when he needs to rush the passer, he can do that too, right? We've got some guys on the defensive line that can get after it. So when you force a guy like JJ to throw, pass rush can get there. Maybe, just maybe, he misreads a coverage, throws it in somewhere he shouldn't. Maybe it gets tipped at the line. Maybe it'll be a little windy Saturday night. Maybe it'll rain a little bit Saturday night. Maybe his receiver runs the wrong route and he throws it right to a Charles Brantley for a pick six, much like CJ Stroud did a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm not saying, oh, if we st- if we shut down the run and Michigan has to throw it all the time, it's going to be a train wreck for them. No, I'm not saying that'll be the case. Maybe, I hope. But what I am saying is there are just far more variables. When you need to throw the ball, there are far, far more variables to deal with. Running's easy. If you know you can get five yards every time you run it, set hit. Set hit. People don't fumble that much. Play Quorum does what he's supposed to. He does his job. He won't put the ball on the ground. It's tough to stop that. There's not much variability to that. When you got to go, all right, is he open? Nope. Is he open? Nope. Is he open? Meanwhile, there are guys trying to knock the living fuck out of you and strip that thing. And then when you do throw it, your arm could get hit. You could get hit or the ball gets tipped at the line. And now it's up for grabs or you misread and our guys actually sitting right there in coverage, but you already let the ball go. There's just so much different shit that can happen in the passing game that beat us that way. Like you got to do Michigan to beat us in the passing game. Michigan has to do more things right more difficult things right for it to be successful. And on top of that, I talked about it in the open. J.J. McCarthy is a guy who knows he's the man, who wants to be aggressive. He wants the game to be on his shoulders. He wants to make every fucking play that he can, which I think is a great characteristic in a QB. I think to be a great quarterback, you have to feel that way. Peyton Thorne, one of my gripes with him is he's kind of the opposite. He's a little passive and it annoys the fuck out of me. But J.J., I think, knows he's got a cannon, knows he's athletic. He's going to try and do a lot. He's going to be jacked up. He fucked up last year. He knows that. Home crowd, his first start against MSU. He's going to come out ready to drop as many fucking points on us as he can. He's going to be trying to make every throw on the field, which it might work out. He may make a couple absurd throws that nobody else in college would make, and it might fuck him over. He might try and squeeze one into a window where there's no space there. He might let one go where he really should have taken the sack. He might throw one where, ooh, that's double coverage. JJ, why'd you do that? But he thought the arm strength would take care of him. He might do that a couple times. I want to play those odds. I know Blake Corum's not going to suddenly fucking spaz and put the ball on the ground. I know Blake Corum's not going to forget where the hole is if it's blocked properly. 
I know the Michigan running game, if it gets going, that's a machine that is impossible to stop. I don't know what their passing game is if they don't have that run game. You have to force them to run it. I know the defense for MSU has been tough this year. And by tough, I mean tough to watch. Fucking bad. (laughs) Not tough like, damn, those guys are tough to get points on. No, no, no. They've been bad. But they're going to come in focused. They're going to come in with no paying no mind to who they are or what they've done. You got to shut down the run. And I think with a couple of these late additions, just from health, Xavier Henderson on the back end, calling the defense, advising the secondary, getting people lined up, making adjustments. Jacob Slade doing the exact same thing on the line. I think those are two big, big adjustments. I mean, the defense against Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, who blows, obviously. Their offense is fucking garbage. But Braylon Allen, their run game, sweet. The defense two weeks ago against Wisconsin is the best it's been this year by far. By far, it's the best it's been. All that happened was we got two starters back from injury. They happen to be the two guys who are A, leaders, heartbeats of the team, and the two guys who kind of direct everything that's going on. And wouldn't you know it, the defense, they didn't look lights out. They weren't fucking locked down, shut out. They looked competent. They got off the field a couple times, forced a turnover, forced a couple punts. Wouldn't you know it, forced a couple punts? Are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. I don't know. Xavier Henderson, Jacob Slade back in the lineup. Jeff Petrowski might get back out there. Like, we've got a couple guys that come back. Maybe now all of a sudden Angelo Gross isn't looking at the sideline when the play starts and his guy's 10 yards behind him for a touchdown. Maybe Amir Speed doesn't forget if it's zone or man every fucking play, right? Maybe our defensive line forgets who has what gap every play. Maybe a couple things change because what's killed the defense all year hasn't even been physical. It's not guys being too weak or too little. It's been, you don't know if it's man or zone. It's been, you don't know who the fuck you're supposed to cover. It's been, we've got three guys in the same gap and nobody outside. It's been mental shit. It's been people not knowing what they're supposed to do. People ignoring their responsibilities. It's hard to win like that. It's frustrating to or lose like that. It's frustrating to lose like that. I can live with, hey, you know what? J.J. McCarthy, you were right there. J.J. put the ball in a hell of a spot. Cornelius Johnson's a good player. Shit happens. I can't live with you two fucking morons covered the same guy at the line, and now Ronnie Bell's wide open, the closest defender's 20 yards away. I can't live with that. I can live with, hey, everybody was right there. They were in the gaps. Their offensive line was just stronger. They picked up three and a half, four yards every play, and that was it. I can't live with we had three guys jump outside and Blake Corum cut back and ran it for 60 yards. Just be smart and do your job. No heroes. No heroes if you're the Michigan State defense. We'll see. It's going to be a hell of a game. Hell of a task for them. Hell of a task for the defense. Hell of a task for the offense. But that's why this game's great. No matter what you're supposed to be or how good you've been, all fucking bets are off. We're playing for that big old lumberjack with the gross feet. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're in Ann Arbor, stay stay safe. Have a wonderful time. I'm jealous of you. This is what college sports all are all about. I appreciate the support. Go fucking green this weekend. We'll see you on the other side.